Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name is Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. I got a really huge treat for you today. I'm sitting here looking at a all-star on the congressional floor. I'm talking to Congressman Andy Ogles, and he is from the 5th District in Tennessee, and he is a rock star. A little inside baseball, I got to produce his podcast with David Blackman last week, and I mooched in for my own podcast interview. <laughs> and then we had all this stuff going on. Congressman, thank you so much for your time. Welcome. No, it's, it's an honor to be here. I had a great time uh, on, on Blackman's uh, podcast. We're going to have a great time today. And look, you know, the time we couldn't be better. You're about to get the inside scoop on what happened uh, with the speaker's race and what's going to happen with the speaker's race. So, but I'll pause and defer to you. Oh, no, God, this is cool. What timing? I'm over here going, <laughs> well, you know, I'm visiting with our, our production staff and I'm going, I bet we don't even see him today. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I literally uh, I was at a lunch. You know, obviously there's a lot of intrigue as to who's going to run for speaker or not going to run for speaker. And then what does that do with all the other leadership spots? And uh, but I was like, I've got to make I've got an appointment. I got to go. And so here I am. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Tell us your thoughts in the whole drama day Congress going on right now. What's <laughs> going on with how this all played out? Yeah, you know, so you had eight folks. Um, so Matt Gates, uh, who's a dear friend of mine, uh, made the motion to vacate uh, under the rules package. So just kind of a quick, quick education on the House rules. Uh, right. During the Speaker's race in January, there's a rules package that is associated with that that governs how Congress or the House of Representatives is going to operate. Right. Well, one of those rules was the allow the allowance for the motion to vacate, which means that members or a member could remove the speaker. Uh, you know, it's dependent on a vote, of course. And right. so Matt Gate triggered that. It was a privileged motion, meaning that it had to be voted on or taken up within 48 hours. And uh, the Democrats uh, decided that they were not going to bail the speaker out, Kevin McCarthy. And right. so it only took a half a dozen members to remove him from his chair. So what happens next? Uh, you, we're going to have a new speaker's race. So we're going into recess. I think that's a huge mistake, uh, just like I said, uh, with the appropriations process. In August, we should have never have left. That right. When we left in July, it guaranteed a continuing resolution. Continuing right. resolution is how Washington, D.C. has operated for for decades now. And that is a mistake. Right. We're abdicating our authority by, by, by not legislating and passing appropriations bills. Same thing here. We should stay this weekend. We should work. We should figure out who the next speaker is going to be. And uh, so, again, it's a mistake uh, to go home. I'm against going home, uh, but I've spoken my piece. I've been rather loud uh, and obnoxious about it, that we should stay here and get our job done. Uh, but that being said, uh, we're going to go into recess here shortly if we haven't already. Well, that's why you get paid the medium bucks, sir. Uh, that's right. <laughs> all right. So uh, Congressman Gates, when he, he was grumpy about not cutting the bills and breaking them individually. And you agree with breaking them individually so that it's not just passed in a, a Pelosi style, just going, to, you know, here's the trillions of dollars, but rather talking about the different appropriations. Is that correct? Yeah. So if you go back to the, the Budget Control Act, we're, we're, you know, instructed by our own law to pass single subject appropriations bills. And over the last 50 years, uh, we've only done that like four times. And so that with the last one being in the 96, 97 year. And so that being said, so we're, we're, we're out of order, <laughs> literally, like we're, we're not obeying the law. It's been 26 right. years we've done it since we've done 
done it the proper way. And so uh, myself and, and Gates and many others were frustrated that, uh, and keep in mind, in January, we promised the American people when we elected a speaker, when we adopted the rules of the House, that right. we would, in fact, follow regular order, meaning that we would pass single subject bills. And what that means is if, you, if you're talking about or you're appropriating for Department of Defense, right. you're only talking about the Department of Defense. If you're appropriating on education, you're only talking about education. That's important right. because when you start, you know, you've got the folks that maybe want to fund the DOD, Department of Defense, and they really, right. they're ambivalent on education. By merging all of those bill, uh, bills together, you, you get this messy coalition. That's why we have $33 trillion worth of debt is we keep kicking the can. We keep doing continuing resolutions. We keep keep doing all of these bill, right. bills in one pile of crap, if you don't mind me saying that. And, and what happens is, is we have debt. We have high interest rates. We have the, the cost of oil going through the roof. And so this, this right. Biden administration is undermining our economy. And the House of Representatives, by not doing its job, is undermining this economy. Wow. Now, when we sit back and take a look at those appropriations and the trillions of debt, we have several trillion coming due next year mm. uh, in, in interest payments due. That's right. Uh, the consumers and the U.S. citizens are paying for all of this problems that we're doing in printing. So your standing guard is very much appreciated for me, who I feel like I'm supporting all of the government with all of the taxes that I pay. Yeah. Well, so so the next logical question is, is, you know, when will we be done with this new this next speaker's race? Uh, my guess would be Friday of next week. Uh, okay. Then the, a good question would be is who are your leading candidates? Uh, you have uh, Scalise is uh, indicated that he is running. Right. Jim Jordan is is running. Uh, those are your top two candidates, I would argue, by far. Uh, you have right. other folks that are going to put their name in the hat who are great individuals. But as far as getting to that magic 218 number, those two right. gentlemen uh, have the, the largest block of votes, if you will. And, you know, I supported Jim Jordan previously. We'll see how right. this all shakes up to figure out is that where I land. But obviously, he's a dear friend. Uh, right. He's one of the founders of the Freedom Caucus, which I'm a member of. Uh, and, you know, obviously I'm leaning that way. But, you know, I want to see I want I want to hear his plan. I want him to reaffirm that we're going to pass all 12 appropriations bills. I want him to affirm that we're going to fight against Biden and be nice. vocal and proud when we fight against Biden, because we've got to stop the nonsense. We've got to stop the wokeness and we've got to stop spending. OK, I read this morning a tweet from Nancy Pelosi or somewhere. I read it somewhere that she had a secret room. What is that about? I mean, is there a secret room hidden behind a closet in a cave, bat cave in Congress? What was that about? Do you know? Yeah. So, you know, the kind of House tradition there, uh, the previous speaker or previous members of leadership have kind of side offices uh, in, in the in the Capitol building itself. And so that's what that, you know, what that is referring to. OK. But now that McCarthy has been removed from office, he's the past speaker. And so uh, it, it literally kind of makes sense. And in accordance with tradition that she would be moved out for the next former oh. speaker. Typically, though, that happens over a period of many years, not a few months. <laughs> I was sitting here going, I'm at a funeral and I'm being moved out of my hidden closet. <laughs> okay. I did not understand that one. Uh, and, and, you know, I think part of it, too, is is some of the party politics where, okay. you know, uh, grudges back and forth that, that you know, I'm not going to condone it. I'm not, I'm not going to comment on it. But that being said is uh, uh, that that's D.C. currently. It's very polarized, very partisan. But that being said, we've got to fight. We have to fight back. 
we've got to be aggressive, quite frankly. Uh, th- this spending level, th- this, you know, we, we have a country, uh, right. a, a capital that's addicted, addicted to deficit spending. We take in about $5 trillion. We right. spend seven. And so to have $2 trillion deficits is just literally not sustainable. I mean, our credit card right. is, you know, figuratively speaking, maxed out. And yet, what do we do? We keep spending, we keep spending, we keep spending. And, and, and that, again, if you want your interest rate, if you want your mortgage rate, you know, all those right. types of things to go down, we've got to get our fiscal house in order. Your, your energy policies, I applaud you, uh, Congressman. <laughs> you're, you're a rock star. And uh, if, if you ever get mugged on the sidewalk, it's me coming up to hug you. So please don't <laughs> you know punch me. Well, I appreciate uh, that. But your views on energy are rock solid. And when you sit back and take a look, you believe in energy uh, United States first. Let's get some energy security. Right. Tell us some yeah. of your thoughts on that. Well, you know, you know, I always say in jest, if we find oil and gas in my backyard, drill, baby, drill, right? I mean, like we have to. It's an economic issue. Uh, it's a national security issue. And so and, and, and let me just kind of segue for a moment. This idea of forcing the country to go green uh, where everything's, you know, electric driven. Uh, look, the free market should decide that, not the government. And by the way, 90 percent of the rare earth minerals are controlled by Right. China, 94, 95 percent of the processing of rare earth minerals minerals is controlled by China. So it, it strikes me as odd, if not a little conspiratorial, that this administration is pushing us towards a country that is our enemy. The existential threat to the United States of America isn't Russia. It's not right. Brazil. It's not anyone in Europe. It's China. And so this idea that we would be dependent on them for lithium and other minerals or metals, I should say, is is horrifying. Like we we have to be the the number one top predator when it comes to oil, gas and coal. The future of the electric grid is nuclear. And so we've got to focus on that. We have to have that conversation. We have to admit it. And if the lefties were really interested in, in reducing carbon emissions, we would be exporting our natural gas to Europe. Because the natural right. gas produced here in the United States is cleaner than the natural gas produced in Russia. So that alone would do more for the environment than any of this other tree hugging nonsense that they come up with. But all that, and forgive me for saying it so bluntly, but it's the truth. The data is there. The facts are there. And so their agenda isn't the the environment. Their, their agenda is to make us subservient right. to Russia and China. I believe uh, the we import so much uranium from Russia. I believe you've even talked about this before. How do we not get totally blindsided because sanctions have not been put on your Russian uranium? Because we know we're, we're Biden is at least not that stupid that we know of. I mean, he's probably going to do it tomorrow after hearing our podcast. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, I did. Uh, but, you know, it, what do we how do we protect ourselves on the nuclear front or how do we get down past into more nuclear since that seems to be the best mm-hmm. base load for our grid? Well, I'll, I'll use TVA as an example. TVA is a, is a known uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, known producer for energy for for our area, our region. Uh, they're very reliable. They're lauded for, for what they yep. do and can produce. Right. So they're, they're kind of an industry standard. And then last winter, TVA 
we had brownouts in in southern, you know, that that southern region of the country, including Tennessee, uh, right. where they were they were shutting down parts of the grid in fifteen minute increments. So if you have no more growth, it, right. we have this this huge manufacturing plant from Ford co- uh, coming into West Tennessee. That right. in itself will use as much energy as the say roughly this this uh, city of Chattanooga. So. We can't handle any more cars being plugged in. We can't handle any more industry coming to the South. Now, we will, and we're going to, but the future of that is nuclear. There's new technology out there. It's cleaner. It's safer. The plants are much smaller. It's called modular nuclear. I do believe that'll be the the future. And by the way, a lot of the electricity that people use for their green you know, agenda is energy that's produced by either natural gas or coal. Oh, absolutely. Now, AI is getting a, just a huge rumbling out there. And I just read uh, a bunch of stuff that AI is going to be actually increasing electrical use mm-hmm. because everybody's going to be talking to things and thinking that the machine is going to control it. So the amount of electrical demand is going to go through the roof because of AI. Well, I mean, and just growth in general. I mean, you know, when, when you look at, you know, I will say, you know, the good news is this is the United States of America. You know, yeah. we are protected by oceans, our, our neighbors to our north and yeah. south. I don't mean this in a, you just have to say what it is. They're not a threat militarily, right? Like we are their military. And so we are still the currency, the reserve currency for the world. But we right. have to have economic policy. We have to have energy policy that right. protects that standard. And part of that is becoming energy independent. We should be building new and more coal plants. We should be building refineries so we're refining our own products. We shouldn't be reliant on the Middle East. We shouldn't be reliant on Russia. And we shouldn't be reliant on China. And look, I'm not an America alone person, but I'm a realist and it's America first. And our enemies are at our doorstep. And they want us to falter. And right now, this administration is pushing forward policies that push towards that end. You know, I I love the way you phrase that, that I'm not an America alone policy, but I'm an American first, because we know that Saudi Arabia is definitely uh, Saudi Arabia first. Iran is Iran first. (laughs) Russia is Russia first. And then Ukraine is saying. I'm first, and then U.S. can pay for that. Have you? Uh, how's your stance on Ukraine funding? Well, so I, I've you know voted against Ukraine funding and supplementals. And look, you know, again, I, there's only one way to say this: before <laughs> I protect someone else's border, I do believe that we should protect our own border. When you have uh, murders and rapes and burglaries and assaults being conducted by illegal immigrants, th- there were three girls that were just kidnapped and brutally tortured and raped just a few days ago by illegals. And so this is at the hands of Joe Biden. We right. have allowed millions of people to come into this country that do not belong here. I'm sorry if that right. offends you, but it is the truth. Right. If you want to come here, you can come here legally. Otherwise, go home. And so that is hardcore, but it's the truth. It is. And and, uh, Congressman, as a as a uh, uh, your constituents are calling in, you've got a great state. Love Tennessee. And when you sit back and say uh, people are calling in, your staffers are having to find out and then you go home and you talk to them. What are they saying about the border? Are they telling you to shut it down or that? What are what are people in Tennessee telling you? Well, it's not just Tennessee. It's all over the country. I mean, you've got the mayor of New York, a Democrat, (laughs) saying we've had enough. You have the governor of New York who literally took to the airwaves and said, look, if you're thinking about coming to the United States of America, go somewhere else. 
Right. And you've got the mayor of Chicago saying we've had enough. You have the Democrat mayor of what Dallas says, you know what? I'm switching from the Democrat Party. I'm going to be a Republican because the country needs Republicans now. Guess what? I agree with all of them. They're right. (laughs) I I think it's great. In fact, I saw a meme uh, on on uh, Twitter that said that uh, the mayor is coming down to the border. And how much more CO2 is he going to use? Is he causing the gas or is the plane coming? Anyway, I just thought it was really pretty funny. It's absurd. I mean, border. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about, you know, emissions and gases and stuff. Literally, we're being invaded at our southern border. Right. Uh, I mean, it, you know, if these guys had on uh, Chinese uniforms, it w- we would consider it a, a, an act of war. Right. But right. but that being said, you know, and, and I do want to say one thing, you know, again, for some of those folks who are not sure where they're at on immigration policy, you know, it was roughly a dozen folk that pulled off 9-11. We have right. caught over 250 people at the southern border who are on the terror watch list. Think about that for a minute. Congressman, that doesn't count the ones that got away. Exactly. That's my point. We don't know who's here. We don't know where they came from. We don't know what their intent is. And to those those poor girls that were tortured and raped, that was avoidable if we'd simply protected our southern border. As a member of the Freedom Caucus and you sit back with that crew that you're putting America first. I kind of like that. You know, in fact, we we had to have (laughs) T-shirts made. I support America first. Hey, this is so much fun. And I want to visit with you again in the future sometime. And thank you so much. What's coming around the corner during all of this? Because you've got your head screwed on straight. And I'm sorry for giving you a compliment. I know your day's ruined when somebody gives you a compliment. So I'm I'm hoping I'm ruining your day. What's coming around your next corner? Well, to be honest with you, uh, all eyes are on the speaker's race now. Uh, You know, this, quite frankly, uh, you know, my focus has been passing the 12 appropriations bills. Again, I advocated that we stay here in August. Anything that gets in the way of that, us passing those 12 appropriations bills is really and I don't I don't mean this. You know, I I love my colleagues, the, the, the eight that voted. And I have my own issues with McCarthy. But it's a distraction from what, the business at hand. We right. got to do that first. You know, we could have had this conversation in a month. But again, I'm not here here to disparage them. In fact, I love all of them. But that being said, is right. my focus is going to be as we once we get past the speaker's race, is we've got to get the other eight uh, appropriations bills right. uh, passed. Now, unfortunately, I do fear that that this will push us into another CR, if not a mini kind of omni omnibus. You know, uh, right. and so we'll see how it all plays out now. If we can get Jim Jordan as speaker, uh, if we can get someone like Byron Donalds as speaker, someone like Congressman Mark Green from my home state right. of Tennessee, a conservative as speaker, and I'm not, again, disparaging anybody else, that would be a win for America. But that doesn't right. change the fact that the clock is not our friend and we're running out of time to pass our budget. Oh, well said, sir. Oh, I am so appreciative. I want to ask you a favor, though. You know, uh, Fetterman actually helped change the whole uh, degradation of the Senate. I mean, excuse me, the dress code of the yeah. Senate. Do you think Congressman Jordan's going to remove the coat? <laughs> <laughs> He'll have to put a coat on. There, there's a House rule that you have to have on a coat and tie. And yeah. so whoever speaker, uh, they will be in a coat and tie. Otherwise, uh, they will be escorted off the floor. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Uh, Again, Congressman Ogles from the 5th District in Tennessee, and a shout out to Tennessee Valley Authority and all of your great work. Thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you. God bless. And we'll have to do it again. Oh, thank you so much. 